Welcome, and may the Lord be with you. We are excited to have you with us today as we listen to this week's sermon from Blue Ridge Anglican Mission in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Let's listen in. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. As a result of poor planning, Dennis from Katy, Texas, needed to have a suit cleaned for a last-minute business trip. And so he just happened to remember that there was a, a cleaning service or a cleaning shop on the other side of town called One Hour Cleaners. So he rushed over to this shop and fills out his tickets, and he tells the lady, he says, well, I'll need this back in an hour. Her response was, I can't get this back to you until Thursday. He said, I thought you did dry cleaning in an hour. No, she replied, that's just the name of the store. When we carry the name of Christ but fail to live out the life that Christ has called us to live, then we only carry the name of something that we're not. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Beginning in chapter 5 of St. Matthew and ending here in chapter 7, Jesus is preaching what we would call the Sermon on the Mount, and in my opinion, the greatest sermon ever preached. And in this sermon, Jesus gives us the perfect standard for what it looks like to live as disciples in the kingdom of God. And when we look in verse 21, Jesus gives us a very succinct understanding of just who it will be that will enter into this kingdom. The answer to that is, it will be the one who actually does the will of the Father. You see, verbal profession without active obedience will lead to eternal damnation. That's what Jesus is saying here. Verbal profession is not enough, but it has to be coupled with active obedience. You see, being a Christian doesn't end at the crying out of Lord, Lord, but it only begins there. True faith leads to true obedience, and true obedience comes from true faith. You can't have one without the other. It's like peanut butter and jelly. You can't have one without the other. Christ here is speaking of people who only have an outward appearance and not the inward change nor the full living out that Christ has commanded. George Winnick said, There are many men like ponds, clear at the top and mud at the bottom, fair in their tongues but foul in their hearts. You see, true conversion of heart equals true transformation of life. It's not a surface level. It's not a superficial type of change, but it's a holistic transformation. And what is amazing to me is that here Christ is dealing with these people who pretend or who call out his name here in the Sermon on the Mount. And the truth of the matter is is that we still have the same problem today. We still see many that carry the name of Christ, yet do not live the life that Christ calls them to. They may have professed him as Lord, but their life presents something much 
much different. They may carry the name of Christ like that store carries the name of one-hour cleaning, but it represents something that's not there. If we go back for a moment and we were to look at the Great Commission in Matthew 28, we would see that it was to go into all the nations, baptizing them, making disciples, teaching them all that Christ has commanded. Somewhere along the way, I believe the church in the U.S. has equated all of that to easy believism and drive-by evangelism. All we have to do is get people to profess the name of Christ and perhaps jump through a couple hoops. And once they do that, they have their golden ticket, just like the golden ticket on Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Woohoo! Got my golden ticket. Everything's good. I'll just present that, get it checked, and move on. We have oftentimes disvalued God's work in baptism, the need to do deep discipleship and relationship, and we certainly don't want to take the time to teach people to obey. Because anything talking about obey is just it makes us feel a little uncomfortable. We're in the new covenant. We don't talk about obedience. We don't talk about doing. We're under grace. I don't have to do anything. It's too legalistic sounding. But verbal profession without active obedience will lead to eternal damnation. Christ is unequivocal in Matthew 7, 21. That if we are not doing the will of the Father, then you will not see the kingdom. Dr. Constable, a pastor down in Texas, says, Obedience to the Father's will determines entrance into the kingdom, not professed admiration for Jesus. Did you hear that? Just admiring Jesus isn't enough. It takes more than just saying, Lord, Lord. It requires obedience to the Father's will. Now, you might be saying to yourself right now, well, Drew, maybe you don't say it so high-pitched and Southern, but you say, Drew, you keep saying that entering the kingdom of heaven is tied to us doing something. Are you saying that we have to earn our salvation? And if I was Paul here, I'd say, God forbid. What we are talking about here is not related to any kind of works-based salvation. It is salvation. They're connected. This is how far we've come as a church in the United States that any time we talk of obeying or doing something or even talking of requirements as to how we live, we immediately jump to this idea of works-based salvation or legalism. The, 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 big, the big trend now, uh, the reason Pinterest exists is because everybody does DIY, do-it-yourself, do-it-yourself home projects, do-it-yourself crafts, do-it-yourself food concoctions and we've taken that same mentality and we apply it to our faith to do it yourself you get to pick and choose well no how you live matters the very sermon on the mount that this passage is found is jesus detailing exactly what some of those expectations are for the life of a christian he didn't say well you could blessed are they who are meek if you want to you know, you, you just pick and choose what works for you, okay? For, for whatever reason, we have misplaced the connection of faith and obedience that we've been talking about here. We've misplaced that connection. 
Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, one of the greatest grace preachers of all time, says this, Obedience is the hallmark of faith and the proof of grace. Let me just say that one again. Obedience is the hallmark of faith and the proof of grace. Faith and obedience are bound up in the same bundle. He that obeys God, trusts God. And he that trusts God, obeys God. Faith is the fountain, the foundation, and the fosterer of obedience. Believing and obeying always run side by side. They go together. It's not way over here's your faith and way over here's obedience. They go together. That's what James talks about. If you have faith, show me your works. If you have works but without faith, what is it? And a faith without works is dead. They go together. This, this working out together goes together. True faith leads to true obedience, and true obedience flows from true faith. Why? Because verbal profession without active obedience leads to eternal damnation. It's, it's all tied together. And, and just to make sure that I'm being very clear, we must always remember that we can only be reconciled to the Father through the finished work of Christ. Period. It's only through what Christ has done that we can be reconciled. You're not reconciled by your obedience. You're not reconciled by your works. You're reconciled by the works of Christ. But we must not also neglect the obligation to live in a way that we are doing the will of the Father. We can't just throw that away. It's the baby in the bathtub. We can't throw away the obedience. Bishop J.C. Riles uh, when doing his expository thoughts on this passage, says, Do we truly repent, truly believe on Christ, and live holy and humble lives? There's the connection. Faith, belief, and obedience. It's that connection. The Bible is clear on how we live matters. I've, I've become even more convinced of that over the last four years, going through the lectionary every Sunday. We don't get to choose not to forgive. You don't have that choice. The Bible's quite clear that you are to forgive. It was a, that is out of that and a conviction out of that that required me to forgive my father. The emotional abuse, the mental abuse, the spiritual abuse. I couldn't wait for him to ask. I had to forgive. We don't get to live in sexual immorality. We have to be humble. We have to be holy. We have to do all those things that Christ has commanded without picking and choosing. Now, we, we don't do those things in our own power, nor do we do them as merit towards our salvation. No, we do that because that is what a, Christ, a life in Christ looks like. If you are in Christ, this is what your life looks like. I mean, Paul even says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old's passed away. Behold, the new has come. And that new creation is evident. You don't have to, ha you don't have to squint to see it. You don't have to have some kind of magic decoder ring that you get out of a cereal box. Now, all of you guys get that. 
These two over here don't understand that. They, 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 they miss the time where you could buy cereal because you got a toy at the bottom of the box. But it's clear. D.L. Moody was once approached by a drunken man, and he was slurring, and he comes up to D.L. Moody, and he says, Mr. Moody, I'm one of your converts. To which Mr. Moody replied, he said, you must be, because you're certainly not one of the Lord's. Right? Because our true conversion will clearly point to the Lord. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, that we focused on here this morning, Jesus challenges us to not just be professors of faith. He says there will be many who say, Lord, Lord. There will be many who say, Lord, look at what I've done for you. I've cast out demons, as verse 22 and 23 goes on to say. I've cast out demons for you. I've done miracles for you. And Jesus' response will be, I never knew you. Depart from me. Verbal profession without active obedience will lead to eternal damnation. Today, don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about the past. Today, live out your faith in Christ in active obedience. And if we were to go back and look at that passage that Peyton read this morning, passage in Romans 8, Paul says, put to death the deeds of the body, and if you do that, you will live. Be led by the Spirit of God as sons and daughters of God, because you did not receive a spirit of slavery, but a spirit of adoption that doesn't cry out, Lord, Lord, but cries out, Abba, Father. See that connection? Cry out, Lord, Lord, and you'll cry out, Abba, Father. Verbal profession without active obedience will lead to eternal damnation. My call, my challenge to you today is to live today in the faith in which you've been given. Live out active obedience, putting to death the works of the flesh, and cry out to your Abba Father. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Blue Ridge Anglican Mission. We are a parish of the Orthodox Anglican Church that is situated in the beautiful mountains of Hendersonville, North Carolina. If you want to learn more, check us out at blueridgemission.org. Now, let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord.